they have the internet on computers now. You're here to see technology at its most advanced. Start up. I'm up for it. Technology. I've got Johnny Lou with me this morning, talking tech on a Wednesday, as we do. Johnny, we were kind of just touching on modern dating in the tech world, and I think for anyone who's navigated Tinder, maybe more if you were a female, you'd know that one of the token male images is the classic, you know, sedated tiger picture in Thailand. But we might not be seeing as many animal selfies as we have in the past. Yeah. So basically, uh, since 2014, there's been a 300% increase in animal selfies um, posted on the platform, um, according to a welfare group called World Animal Protection, who've done research on the matter. Um, they've said there's more than 40% um, um, more than 40% of these selfies show bad interactions with animals. So. We're talking about people inappropriately hugging, holding, or handling a wild animal. Um, and especially with animals that might be under threat or, you know, held in cages of tourists, exploited in some way, um, which is, of course, is a prevalent thing in, you know, many developing countries where tourists visit. Mm-hmm. So, so we've kind of got the subject matter here that it is more so kind of touristy kind of situations. Yeah. What, are, what are Instagram going to do about it? What can they do about it? Yeah, so Instagram is introducing a content advisory screen. So it's like a pop-up when you search for certain hashtags on the site. So if you search for something like um, hashtag monkey selfie or hashtag sloth selfie or even hashtag koala, koala selfie, a pop-up will appear reminding you that, um, and this is what it actually says, animal abuse and the sale of endangered animals or their parts are not allowed on Instagram. We actually did just look at that. You just showed me that. Yeah, online. I just showed you for because yeah. um, it doesn't actually refer. It doesn't. Um, so we're looking at like dog selfie, for instance, and that mm. particular hashtag isn't blocked. But yeah, it does refer to. It, it does block certain hashtags that um, you know uh, deal with wild animals. Has Instagram said what particular ones will? No, it won't reveal what particular hashtags trigger the warning. Um, they want users to stumble upon them, mm. or and at least you know stop certain users from trying to get around them. At least getting around those those warnings. Um, you, just a, an important note as well. You're still able to look at the posts. Um, but one of the things Instagram is trying to do is like push you towards an education page, um, which basically tells you about animal welfare and, and how to treat wild animals. So in a way, Instagram isn't really stopping the images. They're just going to try and put you on a different path. Yeah, essentially, it's um, it's a first step. Um, you know, these pictures are you know these kind of um, animal exploitation pictures are actually banned. Um, you know, according to Instagram's, you know, letter of the law. Um, but it's actually very reliant on users to report these images like most other um, social media um, sites, you know. So they, instead of, uh, you know, approving them beforehand, you they rely on us to, to do the work for them. Um, you know, there might be a potential down the road where they can use AI or something to, like, look at um, these images to see, if, sort of detect if it might be a particular wild animal or not, as, as they've done with... Um, you know, certain abuse images, like revenge porn images, for instance, um, on the on the internet. But um, it still might be a, a little while away. Yeah, what's what's the reaction been like to this? Yeah, it's been pretty pro- positive. So, uh, World Animal Protection and the World Wildlife World Wildlife Fund have <laughs> been. I know, yeah, a lot of Ws. Um, <laughs> have actually like helped uh, push this through. Um, and you know, and their their view is that um, Instagram is a pretty powerful. 
uh, platform. It's got 800 million users. And uh, hope is having something like this will, you know, make people rethink about their interaction with wildlife. I mean, often we go, you know, tourists might go to these things and the, the exploitation isn't in front of us. But, you know, that lead up, you know, as we've seen with elephants, you know, in Thailand, or for, for instance, um, at certain places, you know, the exploitation isn't right in front of us, but it's, you know, as they've been raised, mm, you know, so mm-hmm. um, that's, that's hopefully, will, that will hopefully make us aware uh, of what, what some of these animals go through. And it's, it's really quite funny. Sometimes I wonder if we would even be viewing these animals or even going to these enclosures if we wouldn't be able to take photos. Exactly. And they would be as popular. No, for sure, 100%. And, uh, yeah, if you were to post something like that and no one could see it, or if they saw it, that they would be presented with a warning. Of course, you know, hopefully it would make people think twice. Definitely. Hopefully. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is something that's become more prevalent. You mentioned 2014, the rise in pictures. Yep. I went to Thailand in 2014 and rode an elephant. There and at the time I didn't really think much of it, but now I look back and I'm like, no, no not about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just something you, you know, people get gradually aware of and hopefully Instagram with its, you know, a huge user base and ability to, to shout, shout, tell you, tell you off, will make a difference in that regard. Definitely, we were also just discussing off mic. I was like, "Does this mean I can't take a selfie with my dog?" Yeah, no, dog selfies that, are yeah. fine. Cat selfies are fine, so it's all good. There's this great thing. Um, it's an iPhone case with an attachment where you can put a tennis ball on the top. <laughs> so when you try to take a selfie with your dog, the dog's just wrapped in the photo. Yeah, I've seen ones with like a little, um, like a little. Um, like glitter on the on the end of it. it's like a little rod with like a bit of like glitter at the end and it like shakes around so like when you take a photo like it moves around so they're just like kind of transfixed oh my god i would love that i know yeah let's all make some money no I'm joking. <laughs> johnny lou chatting with me this morning on startup we are talking exploitive animal selfies and what instagram is doing to nut them out you can read up more at fbiradio.com slash programs if you click on up for it johnny the first text message was sent 25 years ago look how far we've come i know I just, I'm older, but maybe not wiser. What was 25 years ago? What was 25 years? 1997? 1992. That's a while ago. Um, oh, that was 20 years ago. How good am I at maths? I'm, yeah. really, I'm really showing my chops here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is obviously a huge milestone. What was the first text message ever sent? Uh, it's pretty boring. Well, I, I shouldn't say it's boring. It's a, it's a time of year. It was actually just Merry Christmas. Um, and so it was sent by a British engineer uh, named Neil Papworth on the 3rd of December, 1992, which, uh, yeah, look, I'd say it's a fairly unremarkable way to start a technology that, you know, ended up being super influential. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, uh, so Merry Christmas was the first text message ever sent. What was your first text message? Do you, do you I was... We've spoken about this before. I think I was 14. I was 15 when I got my first phone. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of a late bloomer by comparison. Yeah. Um, and it was a Motorola slide. I, I don't know. Probably just, hey, girl, like, you know. Messaging one of your friends. Yeah, definitely. And because it was still the keypad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you really had to um, keep it short, keep it refined. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, did you end up learning how to text speak because this is actually one of the things that came out from the SMS is like this uh, whole like you know like different language uh, that people were very concerned about that uh, that we were going to lose our <laughs> literacy you know because because we were like you know instead of uh, you know see spelling out see you we just use the words so the letters the letters see you so why why was that initially? How many characters were allowed in a standard text message? There's 160 characters. Is uh, that still... It still is, okay. yeah. Um, and, you know, there was a time, you know, um, 
yeah, and and that time, you know, you'd obviously had to pay per text. And I remember yes. when I started, uh, it was like twenty five cents a text or something like that. It was like it was like a lot of money. So if you only had like a dollar of credit, like you're like, okay, I've got four texts left four day. before my <laughs> before I don't I don't have to like bug my mom that I have to get more credit, um, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, sorry, I, going back, we should. Uh, it actually took us a while. Like we we like went into text messages, no problem. Like we were we got into it straight away. But it actually took a while for Australians to kind of kind of get there. Yeah, what was the history of this? Because exactly, we're coming into this maybe ten years ago. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in 1995, uh, text. So actually, 1994 SMS was introduced um, on Telstra, um, but you can only receive messages and read them. You can actually send back, which is a kind of a weird little <laughs> thing. Um, in 1995, uh, it was introduced to other carriers, so like Optus at the time. Um, but you can only send it to someone who was on the same network as you. So if oh. you're a Telstra customer, you can only send it to someone on Telstra. And if you're on an Optus, same thing, you know, send it to someone on Optus. So in 2000, they actually, it was only in 2000 they introduced intercarrier SMS, which means you could send text messages to other people who use different networks. And from there, that pretty much uh, increased the adoption of SMS. So between 2002, they had 1 billion texts sent. And now in 2012, or actually today, it's it's 36 billion that oh we send right gosh. now. Yeah, so it's like, it's obviously become ubiquitous. But uh, I think it's sort of on the way out, perhaps, uh, using the, the, the text message, perhaps. Were there a lot of people on phones and using text messages in the early days, do you know? No, not in the early. So it was still like a slow adoption. Yeah. So from that from that period, two thousand, obviously, uh, quickly, you know, sped up to a point where, yeah, two thousand two, a billion were being sent, and then by twenty twelve, I think though you went up to about ten billion. So like it's it's still like it's still speeding up. Like we're still using text messages, even though you know news services like Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp are are coming into the fore and and, and taking over. Uh, you know, uh, like when, when was the last time you sent a text? I mean, mate, I, I kind of sent one yesterday. I sent one this morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We use it all the time. And I think you and I were just discussing off mic. I think, you know, now that we have been using smartphones so much more, whether that is an iPhone or an Android, yeah. with the with the option of a actual keypad on the screen, we aren't text speaking anymore. That's yeah. not something that we do. I don't think I've actually written out, I used to write someone as S-U-M. Letter one. No. no, I don't think I've done that. <laughs> or like even like something like BRB or TTYL. Yep. Like I just don't do that anymore because we're just always on. Um, yeah, so we've as I mentioned, we've seen an explosion of these chat services, um, and now even Facebook actually uh, has a f- messenger version specifically for kids. It's called Messenger Kids. What? Um, so it has full parental control, which means they can look over your chat logs and um, check. Your friend requests, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, it's kind of well. I, it's almost like a. It's almost. It's almost like you don't. We don't. We don't really need this. You know, mm. like who who would want to put their kids on the chat service? But you know, kids these days obviously want to get into social media. Um, but I think I prefer the old days when your parents couldn't read your your messenger chat logs, your MSN messenger chat logs, or yeah. your text messages. But um, yeah. So does that mean a kid has to have a Facebook account in order to make no, that No, it doesn't. So oh, you okay. use your parents. So it actually um, hunches, you know, it basically piggybacks off your parents' Facebook account and they can look over everything that you do and see what you do. So like, it's mainly intended for kids under 13 because you're actually meant to be un- like 13 to have a Facebook account, mm. even though I've got nephews who are significantly under 13 who are like, who have Facebook. So Why do they? 
Facebook? Who are they talking to? I don't know. It's just like, you know, like, it's exactly, well, let's go back all the way to this text. It's like, you know, it's like cool to have a mobile phone. It's cool mm. to have social media. It's, you know, it's just one of those adult things that we've always dreamt of, even though in the end it doesn't really mean that much. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, texting has come a long way in 25 years and you kind of just mention this. Do you think texting is becoming obsolete? Uh, well, we'll probably, well, it's, as I mentioned, people are still using it significantly. So mm. obviously in four years or five years, rather, between 2012 to 2017, there was 26 billion more texts. I don't know if it'll become obsolete, but we, maybe uh, among us, maybe most of our conversations will happen on, on places like Messenger and whatnot. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I don't think we, we'll see the, we'll see the end just yet. Let's see what happens in the next 25 years. If you yeah. want to check out these stories, head to fbiradio.com slash podcast. Johnny, thank you so much. No worries. You and I are having our last show together Indeed. next week. exactly. You're finishing up Startup and yes. I'm finishing up Up For It. Yes. It's going to get nostalgic. It is. I'm looking forward to it. I'll catch you then. Bye. This was produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. fbiradio.com. 